You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Julie Fishman, Director of Product Marketing at Shiphawk. Julie, it's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. That's a good question. One of the things that I did really early on in my career that ended up being really, really useful was I had a very big trade show. There was one a trade show in Europe called CBIT. And in the, the 90s, it was the largest trade show, technology trade show in the world. And there were about 600,000 guests a year walked through it. It was massive. And the undertaking for our company to go to this was just huge. And we were a co- company that connected between six different booths and had all kinds of equipment to send. And I had 27 people that I had to manage going to the trade show. And I had people coming and going at different times, as well as dealing with getting the sales team ready and then the messaging and the booth and the whole thing. So I ended up creating what I called my trade show Bible. And it was my way of communicating with the team everything they needed to know so that they would feel taken care of at the show. And so it ended up being like a thick booklet that each person received and it had their travel information, the the hotel or pension they were staying at, what was happening in the booth, the map of how to even get to our booth, which was complicated. And it ended up just enabling everybody to feel secure of what was going to be happening and that somebody was in charge and and everybody was taken care of. And it's that's sense when you're responsible for that big of a show, really needing to to make sure that you have everybody uh, taken care of. And so creating something like that was really an important tool early in my career. Great idea. I like that. A trade show Bible. (laughs) Very cool idea. Okay. And now say a few words about Shiphawk. What are you guys all about? Shiphawk is like the, the overarching, like good feeling about Shiphawk is that it's a company that's leveling the playing field for middle-sized companies that have to compete with the giants in the retail space. And we're allowing them through a new warehouse management solution, as well as our shipping solution, to behave in the way a shopping cart should behave that we expect it to in a big company. And it even automates things, making life easier for the people who work in the warehouse. And it's it's a really great piece of software and it's a really a really cool company. So I'm enjoying working there. Okay. Really cool. So what we're going to talk about today is planning a marketing campaign. And I mean, to a certain degree, any marketing campaign, you need to do some planning, right? So when you're planning a campaign, how much time do you take? Like how much time do you allocate for that? Yeah, this is a a real passion for me and something that I've kind of um, slowly understood over time in my career, why this is so important. And the the worst thing, the worst feeling you can have when you're planning a campaign is to feel like you're running out of time and you can't do the things that you need to do. And the purpose of a campaign obviously has like, you know, you need to grow pipeline or revenue or you need brand awareness that like you have a goal why you're doing a campaign in the first place. And so what I've learned is that having a, a extended period of time 
to really plan for yourself can make all the difference. And it means that you can get the advice from the subject matter experts that you're going to need to be successful, that you can get the messaging correct, and then you can figure out what tactics are actually going to achieve the goals that you want. And that luxury of time of even having an extra four or six weeks to really plan backwards, get the designers engaged and not have to turn everything into a fire drill at the last minute and really be ahead of the game is it's professionalizing and it's such a good feeling to know that you have all the pieces in place when you're really finally ready to ignite the campaign and go live. You know, it seems kind of like it would go without saying or just basic common sense that if you're going to spend time and energy on a campaign, you want to be sure to take time to plan it. But I know that doesn't always happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. see, what, no, quite the what, what opposite. Have you found, yeah, like what have you found? What gets in the way of putting aside time yeah. for planning? I think some of it is lack of experience or forethought. And it's just some people just haven't been shown that as a concept. So even at Shiphawk, it's a young group of people that grew into their roles. And it hadn't occurred to them to not do everything as a fire drill because it's a startup company that everybody has a lot of hustle and you're trying to get things done. And as companies grow, there isn't necessarily someone coming in and saying, hey, there's a better way to do this. So I think that's a piece of it. And I think it's very difficult to manage your priorities, that there's always a lot going on. And so if you can take that extra time and steal only a half an hour here and an hour there ahead of time, that you you, you can really gain a lot of traction, even with little, that first three months, let's say you have four months to get a campaign done because you're going to have a launch just stealing those little bits of time along the way that first month or two so that you're you're kind of plodding along and then you can really start going fast those second two because you have all the meaty pieces in place and i think people just don't know to think that way how important is it do you think to get leadership on board when it comes to setting aside time for planning yeah. to kind of drive the idea that hey it's worth doing that yeah i think there's a couple of different aspects that i've experienced why that's so important one is depending on the company, many times the leadership, like it can be the CEO or someone at the top, loves marketing so much that it's very hard for them to let you actually take responsibility for the marketing or they try to change things along the way. So proving that you have a real plan and that you have a strategy and that you ask for their alignment, especially if they love it, that you do want their input. You want them to feel they get to be a part of it. So that's one reason that kind of personality type. And then the other is that um, the opposite. What if you have a leader who thinks marketing is like fluff and they don't think it's important? And that's the kind of person that you want to prove with revenue and data and dollars and saying, you know, if we put this in, I expect to get these KPIs and have this result for the company. And so it's really being able to articulate to the leadership the way their style is and kind of what your goals and trying to achieve are. So the other thing is that once you have a campaign in flight or a, a trade show or a new product launching, that everybody has to feel like the, the, the message that you're putting out actually matters. Because if sales says it one way and marketing says it another and the leadership says it another, you kind of have a hot mess. So marketing has that opportunity to get leadership to say, this is how we're talking about things and ask them to be your advocate for pushing it downstream and really owning it. So, so leadership can make all the difference in the success or failure of a, of a campaign. Now, again, to me, it just seems like it's kind of basic common sense that you'd want to set aside time for planning. But as you've said, you know, does that doesn't always happen. In fact, often it doesn't happen. 
So what's at risk when you don't mm. take the time, when you don't set aside enough time for planning? Like, yeah. what are you, what are you risking? I think the worst risk is not achieving the goals of the organization, that we're in a situation where we're real focused on pipeline versus top of funnel kind of advertising, just brand awareness. So if if I don't achieve my goals and get all the buy-in that's necessary and the budget that's required to really get the kind of activity needed to get pipeline, then it's going to look bad on me because there are going to be KPIs that the organization is looking at, and I'm not going to achieve them if I don't have buy-in and I don't have a schedule that's reasonable. So that schedule of like, the, again, the rushing in, let's say we have a trade show and I need to get a certain number of leads but I ran out of time and I didn't get to do a really cool blast with email and graphics that matched and tell everybody, hey, we're going to be at the show. We know you'll be there. Can we take you out to dinner? Can we invite you to the booth? We're going to have this great demonstration. Then I've missed all of those touch points of getting people to know that we're there. But I guarantee that my competitors have done it before the show. And so I'm putting myself at risk of achieving my goals at a trade show just by not having certain tactics take place. So if I don't plan my time well, I won't get it all done. I will run out of time. You're quite a bit. Yeah, it, it, it does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. What's your advice for marketing teams that want to be better at planning, but they're mm -hmm. not quite there yet? How, how do you how do you get better? I think that part of it comes with visioning and dreaming. Like if we didn't have all these impediments, what would what would the best plan look like? What would we want to achieve? So it's starting to dream with what do you want your end result to be? And then sitting together and saying, honestly, what does that really take to get there? And people love to just say, oh, we'll just send it to the designer and we'll get it like two days later. Well, you know, that's not true. <laughs> that is absolutely like a two or four week process sometimes, depending if your team is backed up and can't get back to them or the designer is busy that time, right when you didn't expect it and you can't get what you need. So if we say we have these goals and dreams, what does it truly honestly take to get there? And as a team, you can sit together and start to, even in Excel, it's really nice that you can have all these boxes that say, what is the tactic? And then start to make your own little Gantt chart in Excel, even really simple, basic, or even on a whiteboard and say, what do we want to achieve and how long will it take? And then I also think there's plenty of, you know, blogs and other places, places like this podcast to start to learn, or what are some of the tactics we can use to be successful at at planning better and, and making sure that our goal is at the center of all we do. Okay, great stuff. Well, Julie, thanks so much for sharing that. And uh, thanks for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.